Today, a couple of riders that fall into a small group of motorcycle travelers that have managed to stay on the road right through the pandemic. And while much of the world remains still closed off, they have managed to find some open countries to explore. But it hasn't been easy. They're limited in where they can go without being vaccinated. And since they've exhausted those places, well, their goal right now is to get to a place where they've been told they may be able to get vaccinated. But if anything goes wrong, if they don't make it in time, or if someone changes their mind and refuses them the vaccination, they may have to call it quits and head back home. I'm Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. Stay with us. We got a good one for you. I'm Sam Manikin. Ted Simon. Austin Vance. Simon Pavey. Brian Field. Helga Pedersen. Jocelyn Snow. Charlie Borman. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Grant Johnson. Jimmy Lewis. Elspeth Bayer. Jim Jansen. And you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. It's wind pressure that powers the Moto Breeze chain oiler. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers the oil to a felt pad on your swing arm. No nozzles near your sprockets. One ounce of oil gets 1,000 miles or 1,600 kilometers. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets. MotoBreeze.com. And Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made heavy-duty luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. You can turn any dry bag into luggage using their strapping system. And, of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse that adventure riding gives it. Tough, reliable gear. GreenChiliADV.com. Best Rest Product is the maker of the Cycle Pump, the best tire inflator for motorcyclists. It'll inflate your flat tire in less than three minutes. Made in the USA. Comes with a lifetime warranty. They also distribute Google Tech filters. CyclePump.com. This is Travis and Chantil Gill. Yeah, it's uh, Travis and Chantil uh, via her moto. And, um, We're full-time motorcycle travelers. Full-time motorcycle travelers, yeah. <laughs> they planned their adventure for a long time, but just as they were about to leave, just as they were going, the pandemic struck. Since they'd already liquidated their belongings, they sold their liveaboard sailboat, they didn't have a home to return to. So unlike most travelers that headed for home when things were just so uncertain in the world... Travis and Chantil found a place to stay and hold up. And after being parked for a while, the couple found that the Balkan area of southeastern Europe was open for travelers. Well, I mean, at least they weren't saying no. And what traveler could resist that? Travis and Chantil, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It's always a joy to talk to you, Jan. It's great to talk to you. You guys are, are one of a small group, I would say, of travelers that have been on the road since uh, everything else has been closed down. Last time we talked, where, where were you last time we talked? I think we just entered uh, Croatia. Was it Croatia? Yeah, and you were staying yeah. in a b and I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the typical thing we've been doing is Airbnbs, especially through the winter. But now you, you, you sort of got yourself back on the road and you're moving around now? We well, are. Yeah, we stayed on the road. I think we I think we just kind of winterized ourselves and we didn't travel as much because the mostly because of weather. Mm-hmm. But um, we continued to travel. Oh, we covered some pretty good ground. We covered a lot of the Balkans since we spoke. What was your winter like, though, when you're saying winter weather? What was that like? Um, being on motorcycles, we wanted to stay, uh, as close to the beach as we could, <laughs> but <So> then, <laughs> but then we also had one day where, uh, it actually snowed or covered or covered the com- motorcycles completely in snow. Well, oh, we were wow. on the beach. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was like kind of a freakish weather thing that happened. It was the same, it was the same weather storm that, uh, 
covered Greece, like you saw pictures of Parthenon all covered in snow, and then also it snowed actually in Israel. So we were thinking, oh, we're on the beach. How do we get snow on us? So. <laughs> Yeah. So just to to, um, to remind anyone who's listening, your your story. I mean, you guys, you guys. Um, well, you're really sailors. You were sailors. I don't think you're sailors. Are you sailors still now? Um, uh, we did take a week in Croatia. Yeah, we did. But, we are sailors. Yeah, it's still yeah. in our blood. Yeah, is it? Because Chantel, I don't think a week really makes you a sailor. I doubt it. Oh, but okay. your, <laughs> your yacht club would would uh, would agree with you and say that you you're a sailor was just a a week vacation. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face true, it. You ditched true. the sailboat for motorcycles because motorcycles are better. Have I summed it up? Yes, you did perfectly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We did. We did sell sail our sailboat to uh, hop on two motorcycles. And uh, we we rode our two motorcycles to Europe. You guys had originally planned on sailing around the world. That was that was sort of what you were looking at before, because you guys were living on a boat. I know you're moving around, and Travis, you you were um, in the navy, and so boating was like a huge part of your life. Yeah, That's huge. True. Yeah, I mean, we lived there for eleven years on the boat. We yeah. loved the boat, and I, I love the ocean. Yeah, and and the whole plan was to someday sail the world. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's a, Honestly, our boat wasn't probably the boat for it, but it was great live aboard. But mm-hmm. there was plans to do that for sure. Yeah. The reason I'm, I'm saying this is because I think it's so interesting that motorcycles have stolen you away from sailing. <laughs> Not that I have anything against sailing because I, I love yeah. sailing. I think it's great. Uh, there's certainly no. so many advantages to traveling by boat, of course. Yeah. But I just think that's interesting, you know, and, and at, at this point, you've been on the road for how long? Uh, full-time, a year and well, so four we, months? Yeah. So we left the United States in 2017. But then uh, we had a job. I had a, a NATO job in uh, Germany mm-hmm. for two years. For yeah. two years, and then so we... officially hobos on motorcycles without employment. Um, March of 2020 to March of 2020. So you just just over the year mark now. Has anything yeah. changed? I mean, you guys are spending a lot of time riding together. You're riding two bikes. You, you've got, uh, I believe it's a. You've got a 650 GS and and is it an R 1200? Yeah, no, no two. There's... Two 650s. One's, one's a standard 650 and the other one's a Sertau, just a little taller with more suspension. You've got the same bike, obviously, to make it a little bit better for repair. That was part of your plan, right? Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you're spending all this time together, you, you know, a lot of time together, and particularly with COVID because you were locked down for a while, as everybody was, and stuck in in, in one spot. Has this done much for you guys, for, for your relationship as far as, is, has it been strenuous at all? I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. <laughs> no, there's there's moments of stress, but I think we understand each other. I mean, we didn't just uh, hop on a motorcycle trip after getting to know each other for maybe a couple months or something. Right. So we, we knew each other. We we knew each other's limits. Um, yeah, Chantel sure. knows what uh, sometimes I just have to vent and I, I do that. And she she's patient with me while I while I vent when plan when things don't go as my way <laughs> or per plan. And uh, she's very patient with me. And I think together we, we, we make it work. We do. We do. Describe vent. <laughs> vent. Uh, well, the other day a lady um, pulled oh, yeah. in front of me and um, had I, and it was in the wet. So basically. It was pretty close call. Really close. close call. I'd say four or five feet. Maybe I was, I was already making plans. I was already emergency braking mode. And then my next plan was to let off the brakes and then hopefully coast around her toward the back of her car. Um, 
but yeah, I was, I was, I was pretty upset. And then, uh, of course I, I pulled over and tried to talk to the lady, but she didn't understand English. So, um, I needed to vent with somebody. So I vented inside my headset and of course Chantil's hearing that cause she's listening to it on Bluetooth and she's being very patient and there was, there was lots of foul language and cussing. And I can't believe that this girl nearly tried to put me in the hospital kind of thing. And she's patient with that. <laughs> and then it blows off after that and you're good. Yeah. yeah. What, I mean, you, you yeah. think about it for what a couple. Else, what else can you do? Yeah. Do you run into a lot of um, incidents like that? Do, like because the driving is different in the different places you're going into? Well, it depends uh, on what country you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Albania is crazy scary. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'd like, yeah, yeah. Albania is probably, I don't want to say that one country's worse than other countries, but it's, it's noticeable once you reach Albania, they just drive very aggressively um, they really, a lot of people don't have a problem with, uh, passing, um, even though you're a motorcycle passing in your lane because they know your motorcycle. So that they know you'll just push to the right and they'll, they'll make three lanes out of two. Um, and you, as a motorcyclist, sure, I'll split lanes, but that's my choice. I don't really like a car telling me, um, what's, what's my comfort zone. And that happens quite a lot. It happened quite a lot in Albania. Okay. So they explained it to me when I first got to Albania, um, that people in Albania, they want to get from point A to point B. If you're in their way, they're just going to just bolt through They're They don't even know you as a, they just know you as an object and they'll get around you as, as soon as they can. Yeah. Mm, wow. So, so, but they're not clipping bikes. Hopefully. No, no, but, they, but it, it close calls. Let me tell you. <laughs> as an, yeah, I, I guess it depends on where you come from. So I guess if you came from like Southeast Asia, you'd be like, well, that's, that's how everybody drives. Yeah, but when you come true. from places like Canada or United States where we have rules and I spent two years in Germany, which are very, very strict about their rules and, uh, people, and people follow the rules. Um, going to a country like that in the Balkans was uh, a rude awakening for us. Yeah. So do you think of that when you're, when you're ranting or after you're ranting probably, and you think about the difference in, in the way people respond to things like that? Right. And that helps out. Yeah. 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 It helps me try to be, yeah. Well, even what can you do? Right. There's not much you can do other than just kind of accept that that's how, that's how they drive in this country. Yeah. yeah well, you, you bring your own rules with you, don't you? I mean, you show up with your rules yeah. and people don't meet them and, and then you find yourself getting upset, but, but that's gotta be a tough one to let go. And, and clearly you're not really letting it go. Uh, I try. <laughs> I think it's a struggle. I'm not picking so, on you, Travis. I'm just yeah, curious no, about this because yeah, no. we do, you know, it's, it's something everybody yeah. does in life. You carry these rules and somebody violates your rules and you get mad at them. They, they like very likely don't even know what your rules are. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yes, this is very true. And I think, I think you've touched on something you have to kind of understand when you travel to different places. Like they said, when in Rome, right? Mm-hmm. It was the Romans do. Yeah. So are there other ways that you find that, um, that you have to let yourself go and blend as you're traveling through different countries? Um, COVID, I think we talked a little bit about this last time, but like I'm the planner and I, I have future plans and I, I really like to see those plans come through. Um, and, um, just COVID in general has basically created this thing where we really can't plan too much in advance. So we plan about a week or two in advance and, uh, hope that those kind of come about. If they don't, that's fine too. 
I mean, I'm I'm a little more free spirited than I used to be. Yep, I was going to say that too. He's, <laughs> he has he has embraced that free spirit a little bit. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sort of relax. So, so it is happening. I mean, I mean, it you know, happening. it's happening to you. You're 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 starting to, um, I, I guess, sort of fall into a bit of a rhythm then. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is kind of funny to say after such a long time, like a year and a bit, you know, how many people go on a vacation for a year and a bit and to say that you're, you're still falling into something. I really, I think that says something about travel. Yeah. You always have to learn new things and new ways to cope with things. Yes. Yeah. And admittedly COVID has changed a lot of things. So when traveling right now, it's, it's, it's starting, I, I see, I see it peaking and starting to get better, at least here in Europe. But, um, it, it wasn't really a matter of where do you want to go. It was more of where can you go. Yeah. And um, we were extremely lucky and fortunate to see that the Balkans were open and they continue to stay open all winter season, which was great for us. There wasn't there wasn't any uh, lockdowns. Um, the only thing they really did was they'd wear masks, of course, in restaurants and things. But then they'd uh, they do curfews, curfews which is fine for us because we don't ride our motorcycle after dark anyhow. So curfews really didn't bother us that much at all. Mm-hmm. How did they fare with COVID then? It's interesting. I, I don't know. Like all I can do is we can look at numbers, but in general, hmm, you bring up a great question. I've tried to, I've tried to put my finger on it. Why are many of the Balkan countries treating it so differently than for instance, in Spain, where we had a three-month lockdown, <clears throat> and we couldn't even move. We could, you had to have a reason to go shopping, or you had to have, if you if you went to work, you had to have a note from your boss saying you're a vital individual, um, you're essential worker. Um, why the big difference? I try to put my finger on it. I think the difference for many Balkan countries is they know they know oppression better than most people do because they've lived through it and they've lived through a lot of warfare recently as well. Um, and I think that because of that, they look at this as, all right, this isn't that big a deal compared to what we've, what we've been through. So they can handle staying at home, you mean, or, or they just don't do no, the restrictions? No, I think they just don't, they just don't they, do the lockdowns. Yeah. They don't do the lockdowns. They, the only thing they have done is wear a mask and a curfew. I mean, they, the rules aren't strict here. So you mean yeah, they put up the with the dead or the or the sick? Yeah, yeah. It's just a, so. just the cost of life. Yeah, it's just the cost of life. Exactly. Wow. And maybe part of it too is it's not as as um, there's not as many people in this area. It's not as populated. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's probably helping it. But yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. I'm just trying to put my finger on it, and it's difficult to. But it, there's definitely a difference. There's a definite feeling, a different feeling when you travel around many of the Balkan countries, their perception of what is going on is very, very different than what we felt in Spain. What do the Balkan countries include? I'd say at least for us, I mean, actually they cover more than Yugoslavia, but we, we ended up visiting most of the former Yugoslavian countries. So that's, um, Croatia, Montenegro, Albania. Uh, well, I guess Albania is Greece. Greece. so I guess we stayed on the on the Western Balkan countries, but the Balkan actually covers that whole peninsula. Yeah, so exactly. Bulgaria, Hungary, Romania, all those countries as well. Yeah. Well, well, it's interesting that even though they're different countries, then they they sort of have a similar attitude, life attitude. Then. 
exactly. I've noticed that as yeah. well. Yes. Wow. Is that more laid back than what we're used to in the Western world? For sure. For sure. Yeah. Much. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. What's the focus for them? I guess family. Family is huge for them. They still live with like their whole family, um, like their grandma, the grandparents. I mean, they're family oriented. They get a big house and their families are on different levels of each floor. Yeah, that's pretty common. So they stay together as families. And that's, I think their big focus is, is try to keep families um, the center of their, of their life. And I've noticed friendship and camaraderie are also very important in their life. Yes, definitely. Like all the young men with the, They'd spend a lot of time at the coffee shop, hang out yep. <laughs> in, in the mornings. That was a big part of their life. Yeah. Or just uh, going and walking along the beachfront and hang out with friends. They would they would take the time to uh, just enjoy friendship. Where I miss that. You don't really get that. It depends on where you're at. But many places in the United States, it's, uh, it's kind of uh, commercial-based or... Uh, People are always kind of running around and trying to uh, make money and time spent um, is not earning money. And I don't know, I just feel like people here slow down and they really they really take the time to um, make friendships and things like that. It's something we've noticed for sure. For sure. The area that that, um, I grew up in, we spent a lot of time in was was just lakes and there was the odd cottage. And it was very much that you went there to relax. So sitting around all day to read or, or just enjoy the outdoors, really not doing all that much was, that was pretty normal, but uh, it was only a couple of years ago when I was back in the area and I was shocked when I, I stood by the, the shore and I could get a good look at this lake and it was covered with every imaginable toy that you could think of. They've got inflatable and powered toys and all kinds of, this is just what I could see. And I'm thinking, how could you possibly have time to play with all this stuff while you're at your cottage. You know what I mean? It becomes an activity center rather than like a, um, I don't know, a relax, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it it may be just the way we're going as society, uh, at least in the Western world anyway. Yeah. And I think, um, I think many countries, especially in the Balkan region that we were at, I mean, um, it's, it's difficult for many of these, uh, individuals because employment, unemployment rate is high. The, the earning income that you earn is uh, nowhere near what it is of Western Europe. So it's a struggle, especially for the young people in this region. So I think they just, uh, they learn to enjoy just the simple things. I'm not, I'm not saying people aren't happy here. In fact, we felt like, especially in Albania, which has one of the lower GDP um, growth domestic product um, regions of the Balkans, people are very happy, we noticed. Yeah. You get, uh, every time we come by on the motorcycle, kids will run out and they want you to, they'll, they'll, <laughs> the they'll, rev they'll, they'll roll, roll the their wrist. Wheelie. Like, yeah, do a wheelie. Um, they want to high five you. They always want to come and talk to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, people seem very friendly, especially in Albania. And you guys are popping wheelies for these kids when they come out and tell oh, no. you to do it? Absolutely <laughs> no. not. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. how, no. how do you it find would be fun too, yeah. but no. Yeah. How do you no, find you? A... Well, no, of course, the worst would be you're all loaded up and you go down. Although that, that might be entertaining for them as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. How, how are you guys getting treated, though, from these people who really, I mean, they've got to think that you're you're pretty rich still in comparison. One, because you're riding around on vacation, but, you know, you've got expensive motorcycles and gear and things like that. How are you getting treated? I don't know. They've been very kind to us. Like, I don't, I don't feel that they think that we have more money than them. I just think that they think that we are unique and we can teach them something. 
Mm. There is a reverence for sure yeah. for especially Western uh, Western countries and the United States, especially in, in especially in places like Albania or Kosovo, where um, the United States and NATO was uh, directly mm-hmm. supported them against the uh, Yugoslavian forces. So there's definitely a love of uh, America and Western culture yeah. there. There's respect. Yep. And to your point, absolutely. It makes us feel very, very, very fortunate to have this opportunity because, yeah, I mean, who can get on their motorcycle and ride around full time? Like, yeah, sure, we've saved up a lot of money for that opportunity, but had we not lived in the United States or other places like Canada or Germany Mm -hmm. or something like that, I don't know if we would have had even those opportunities. We're taking just a short break so I can tell you about two things. But remember, if you'd prefer an ad-free version of Adventure Rider Radio, become a patron supporter and you're going to get full access to all of our latest episodes of ad-free Adventure Rider Radio. We have to pay the bills. Stay with us. Hey, you're going to want to write this down. Revzilla is presenting the all-new Get On ADV Fest this July 15 to 18 in the Black Hills of South Dakota. This is set to be an incredible event. They've got BMW, Kawasaki, even Harley-Davidson there with new bikes to test ride, vendors selling gear. They even have a garage to install the gear on the spot. There'll be presentations, demonstrations, even ADV rides into those incredible hills surrounding the Buffalo Chip Campground where it's being held. Get your tickets at revzilla.com forward slash ADV hyphen fest. We've got that link on our website, revzilla.com forward slash ADV hyphen fest. And anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there that you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Pearly's Possum Socks are the best cold weather socks I've ever tried. They are the official sock now of Adventure Rider Radio. I've been in the outdoors my entire life. I've spent 20 years as a wilderness guide and I've never come across socks so impressive as Pearly's Possum Socks. It's a blend of merino wool and possum fur. It wicks away moisture, is super comfortable, and it makes the best insulator. I even wear mine in the summertime in my riding boots. And because of the natural fibers, they don't stink like many synthetics do. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there you heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. Pearly'sPossumSocks.com. Yeah, I know that um, COVID obviously put a, a real wrench into the works, but it almost ended the trip before it got going for you guys. Because I know you started out just when it started to happen. And there was talk about, you know, of possibly quitting. And then even the, the thought of if it gets too bad that you might have to go back. And I remember something you said, I think, Travis, you said something along the lines of we're traveling a little slower than what we'd like to. And I think you both said at that point, so it's cheaper, but slower than what you'd like to. And I'm just wondering if if that slowdown, that real lockdown for you and that slow pace that you've been traveling now if that's sort of, you've been forced into a certain style, you know what I mean? Because of COVID that you wouldn't otherwise have had. Like if it wasn't for COVID, would you have been much farther along? Would you be going through places much faster? Would you have a, a different travel style than what you have now? Most oh, definitely. For sure. Yeah, for sure. for sure. But I like the slow pace that we've chosen. I don't know if that's a good thing. No? No, I mean, I don't know if our previous pace was necessarily a good thing. Yeah. I mean, we, our original plan was to see most of Europe in a year at least the parts we hadn't seen while we lived in Germany. 
But that was covering Scandinavia, the Baltic area, the Balkans, getting down into Turkey. So we were going to cover a lot of ground in one year. And then with the hopes of this year starting our travel down through the, uh, basically through the east of Africa. But I'm glad we slowed down because it's it's got it's helped me get to know people more. Oh, for sure, for sure. I yeah. mean, we have a we have a love of the Balkans that I don't think we would have would had be. if we went kind of our original plan. Yep. So when you're saying that you you don't know if it's good, you mean that that original pace? That's what you're referring the to. Original the original pace. Original pace. I don't know if that. I almost feel you, you talk to Mickness and Elsby quite a lot. Yeah. And um, I almost. They seem to have it down. I mean, they have the luxury of being able to travel full time. They've been doing it for a long time. But like most recently, he just wrote an article and uh, they said they spent six months in uh, Columbia. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's pretty amazing. And uh, <laughs> just to be able to experience uh, a country that long when uh, other people trying to get from um, Dead Horse, Alaska, all the way to Tierra de Fuego, they'll do that trip in three months Mm -hmm. and uh here here they are enjoying just one of those countries along that route for six six months months, that says a lot to me and i i kind of uh i kind of want to be that kind of individual after after experiencing that and spending so much time here in the balkans but the problem is we only have so much time on this on this earth right so how much how much of the world do you want to see in that in that in that period of time yeah yeah, no, I get that. And there's really, I mean, and we're not saying here that there's anything wrong with traveling fast because that, you know, that has a certain experience to it as well, right? You, you go through yeah, a bunch yeah. of areas and you've experienced them. But I think that the point that I'm interested in illustrating is the fact that you don't have to have the, the high mileage, huge distance to have a real experience. As a matter of fact, what you guys are describing here is you, your experience is intensified due to your lack of mileage. That's true. Yes, definitely. And, and my lower back pain as well. <laughs> what do you have lower back pain from? What do you mean it's going you, so fast? You just do long days. Oh, like you, do a, you do a 600 kilometer day and that's, that's, that's rough on your body day in and day out. I thought yeah. you were going to say picking your bike up because that's when I get lower back yeah. pain. So I have to pick my bike up too many times. Yeah. That's part of it. Well, so, so here, here's for instance, um, we've literally spent, we've been in the Balkan region now since since late um, August. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're expected to leave probably next week. But so um, we've been here quite a while, quite a long time, um, seven, eight months. Yeah. Um, I did a similar trip where we crossed all the Balkan countries in seven days. And that was almost all off road. So we started in Greece and then we ended in Croatia and went through seven of the, uh, of these countries, all basically off road. And uh, it was enjoyable and fun but it was a totally different experience. And it's one that I really didn't get to appreciate the region. All I did was ride hard every day, get to the hotel, sleep and prepare for the next day. Mm. So a very different experience. But there's a certain fun in that too. There is because there's a lot with, of fun in it. Cause it's like, uh, you're we, with some buddies and 80 other riders doing it. There's two wheelers, four wheelers, side by sides. And at the end of the day, we, uh, we'd share our stories and share pictures and yeah, it was, it was, it was also a good time. Yeah. But getting to know the area and the zone was different. It, this time when you went around, it was different. Yeah. You don't get to experience the history, the culture and all that of a region. 
Chantil, you, you just you just mentioned about the people. You said it helps you connect better with the people. Talk about that. Well, um, just for instance, um, we went to this Airbnb and um, I saw them out there weeding their garden. So I was like, oh, I'll go help them. So I went out there and started weeding the garden. Um, it was so-so on their language barrier, but we were able to talk stories pretty much by sign language and gardening. Um, we would laugh and giggle and just um, and talk about their culture and stuff. Well, then... Um, uh, we left and we were able to come back to the same Airbnb um, about a week later. Yeah, they're like old friends. <laughs> I know. It was like coming home to like like a family member. You're like, oh, I know yeah, this area. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, we only stayed there two days and I just helped them out that one time on the garden and it was so much fun. So I was able to help them again. And it was, it's just a cool experience. Has any of that changed the, the way, like any of your preconceptions before, you know, before you got into these places? I know you've traveled a bunch before. I don't, I don't really have any negative, like kind of a few, here's, here's an example. So, um, Albania, Albania, when we went into Albania, I remember just the, the country prior to that was, uh, Montenegro and, uh, the first Airbnb we stayed at in Montenegro, I told them, yeah, our plans. And I said, yeah, we're on our way to Albania. And he's like, uh, Albania, that's the North Korea of the Balkans. They, they, they live in fear. They build hundreds of thousands of concrete bunkers. Um, it's, it, you're not going to like it there. And um, I kind of took his advice, not to heart, but part of it was like, well, maybe he's never been to Albania. Maybe he just, and it turns out he was completely wrong. Like after being in Albania for um, three months and experiencing ourselves, like he couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. But I think he was just, he had his own, perception and maybe that perception isn't based on any reality so i try not to have any negative connotations with a country before i go into it and i just try to experience it for ourselves you guys are posting some incredible photos on facebook um which i don't get enough time to to look at really but there's so many of them Uh, just beautiful areas that you're in what, what are you after in these areas? And I think we sort of talked about this before, but your, your photos show a lot of, um, a lot of history, a lot of art, um, a lot of scenery. Nature. Yep. That's it. Nature, history, art. Um, we'd like to have more people, but um, we're, we're just barely breaking that barrier for asking people for pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the people are just beautiful people. I don't know. Just, I guess maybe you get to know more and they just become beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like I would like to, that is something I need to kind of break that. I think for me, it's just a challenge and I don't feel comfortable asking, especially somebody in a language you don't know. Yeah. I mean, it'd be easy to just point at the camera and say, Hey camera. Yeah. But I, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable breaking that, uh, comfortability bearing, I guess for me. Yeah. Cause there'd be, I'd love to grab more pictures of people like yeah. the, the goat herder that was uh, I know, right? while we were camping in Albania that came through and had all these little baby goats and this, his toothless smile. And just, <laughs> it was this beautiful smile of this guy that works out in the field all day, um, herding goats, like a picture of him would have been great. But yeah. I, I, I or, need, to, I need to bridge that comfort. Right. Or these, uh, these uh, horse drawn uh, donkeys that carry the wood back and the guy's just walking next to the donkey. It's such a cool experience. Yeah. I would like to capture more people. Yeah, yeah. That's in Albania? Oh, everywhere. I mean, all over the Balkans. Mm. You'll see that 
but it's pretty cool to see just the, the local people and the people like yesterday at the Airbnb, the lady was super excited to talk to us. She didn't know any, any English at all, but she was so excited to welcome us and find out our journeys and stuff. So she had to call her friend over to um, translate so we could talk with her. <laughs> but yeah. just her spirit was pretty awesome. You guys are staying in, in B&Bs. You're referencing a lot of B&Bs and places you've stayed at. No camping? Because you were camping before. I thought. Yeah, we, we, we will, but, um, it's still, it's cold Yeah, it's and really rainy, more rainy. So I think if it weren't raining so much right now, we would yeah. be doing more of that. But when, when we have weather windows, we'll definitely take it. We do camp. Um, a week like, and a half ago, we, uh, we found this just great place off the side of the road in Albania. It was a, a ruin and it was just really quiet. And we got to watch the sunset over a beautiful valley view. And then just came. right before right before sunset, we could hear the, the jingling of the bells of the sheep <laughs> as they started coming through, and they passed. They passed with probably within a uh, hundred yards of us, all the sheep and the shepherd. And mm-hmm. We went up to talk to him for a little bit, and he realized we were just sleeping there for the night, and then continued mm-hmm. on his way. Yeah. yeah. And he speaks English, or you just sort of sign no, language? No, not, not at all. all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah. How are you finding? Um, communicating with, with people when you don't speak the language? It's, like, it's how do you doable. deal with it? Like, English is pretty, pretty well known, especially among yeah. the younger people. Right. And the more touristy kind of people, the ones that have to deal with tourism. Mm. Um, yeah. So if we have to get something on the bike done, there's usually always a younger person there and then he'll come by or he'll say, Hey, is English okay? Or anybody speak English? And then You'll see like four people point to one guy, like he's the one that speaks English and then, and then you'll talk to him and then he'll translate for the rest of the guys. Yeah. And then I, uh, today we had to speak a little bit of German a little bit to understand our host today, huh? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. You speak German? So, oh, just a kind, kind Deutsch. Kind Deutsch, just a small, small, small amount. But we realized because they probably have more German um, travelers that, yeah. that come to this region. That was more comfortable for him. So we just switched to our, our little bit of German that we knew. What about other travelers in particular, motorcyclists? Are you seeing other people yet? No. Well, yeah. not motorcyclists, but we've seen, oh no, we did see this one's from Spain. You're starting to yeah. see them um, just at the beginning of this month. And the, yeah, exactly. We just saw some at the castle the other, not yeah, too long ago. The three, three guys came from Spain yep. through Italy and then took the ferry to Alpine. Albania, or where do we see them? In it Albania. In Albania. Yep, yeah. at the castle. Yep. And we're like, whoa, Spain. And uh, they're like, whoa, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we've seen quite a few van lifers. Um, they've been out traveling. Van lifers have been. So. Yeah, because there, there's still a lot of people doing what we're doing, but they're doing it in a van. So the same, they're in the same predicament. They're like, well, I'm not going back home. I'll continue to stay in the van. And I think many of them found the same um, openness in the Balkan region that we felt and yeah. we're traveling a lot of that region yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and the people in the van, where are they from mainly? Netherlands, um, Germany, Germany, Denmark, yeah, France. So you're yeah. not seeing Westerners. Mm, we, yesterday I came across the guy was like, he said, hello. And I said, Whoa, Whoa. where are you from? Cause <laughs> it sounded, it sounded very, uh, I call it Americanese. It was very Americanese English, <laughs> um, or ca- Canadese, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm from New York. I was like, Oh wow, you're here. And he's like, 
I thought you guys were American because uh, you see, I see, I see people travel by motorcycle a lot, and they always seem kind of like from America. But <laughs> I don't know if that's really true. I see, I see plenty of people traveling by motorcycle from Europe as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So w- when you're going into a place, so on your motorcycles, do, do the people, the proprietors of the, of the shops you're, you're visiting or the places you're staying at, are they kind of wide-eyed when they see you come in? Like, whoa, what are you doing oh, here? Man. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, get, yeah. you must be telling your story over and over again. Like, what are you, what are you doing here? How did you get here? All those sorts of things. It yeah, is, it is. It, I, I have all the flags on the front of my bike and I have a map on my, on my phone. So I just show them a map of where we came from and what we've been doing. Yep. That's right. always fun. And even if they don't know the language, we even point to it and they're like, they understand that that's where we've traveled. It's kind of a cool experience. So you, you guys mentioned you've been to Albania, Montenegro. What was this like? Talk a little bit about your route. I'm, I'm curious to, what, to hear what you've seen and, and what it's been like for you. Okay, yeah. So Croatia, we actually spent three months in Croatia. Um, that was the first country we got to enjoy. And uh, we, we covered most of Croatia. We even went, a lot of people just stay on the Adriatic. But then we went up into the northeast peninsula area. And got to experience that. Yeah, and so, where they had the earthquake that, um, right during the same time COVID hit, we saw a lot of the destruction from that earthquake. At the oh, capital, wow. yep. yeah, in Zagreb. Yeah, and then uh, you also got to see a little. That part of um, Croatia is also very different because you get to see like these former communist type um, type towns. villages yeah, and towns, towns, which are very very different than the yeah. Adriatic towns, which are which are shaped by seafarers and the Romans yeah. um, and the Venetians. They're, they're very different. So we got to experience quite a lot of diversity in Croatia for three months. Yeah. So just up there, like he was talking about, they build one road right through town and then they build the houses right along the edges of this road. And then the back property is used for their farming and whatever they need. So there's no other roads that go off. It's just one straight road that goes through this town. And then um, all the, all the property is there behind it. Just yeah. one road. And then what's beyond yeah. the properties? All farmland. Yeah. Just it's, still it's, farm. Farmland's quite a ways back. Yeah. Yeah. And then they all sell their produce on the side of the street. You'll drive by so many produce stands at the side. And who's that's buying crazy. the produce though? That's on the, I mean, cause you, if they're all farmers, who needs I know, to buy? right? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, <laughs> I guess the drive by. <laughs> without, without COVID it'd be uh, tourists or people traveling through. True. Yeah. So that was that was really cool to experience uh, Croatia for three months, and then uh, and then just south of that, we rolled into Montenegro, and that really surprised me how mountainous it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, having traveled through the Alps region, I felt like Montenegro and Albania um, surprised me with how many uh, uh, majestic mountains were in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we talking asphalt roads winding back and forth? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, big, big mountain, big, but, big mountain peaks, lots of uh, creeks and plenty of uh, yeah, granite walls. And, great, great riding of motorcycles. Yeah. Even off road, um, Montenegro, we didn't get in there until the end of November, but we still got to experience some uh, decent off-roading near the coast. Yeah. And then uh, um, toward the toward the beginning of the year, we found a good weather window and were able to go up into the mountains and experience uh experience the snow capped mountains and go and yeah. go snowshoeing and things like that. We couldn't take the bikes everywhere because we didn't have studs on them, but um, we'd get to as far as we could and then we'd uh, park them and walk. 
market yet. So at this point, has anything changed for you guys from when you started out to now? Has anything changed with the, the way you're the way you're thinking about the trip and the way you're thinking maybe even about life at this point and, and where you're going to go? I don't know. Uh, I still think I still want to travel. <laughs> I still want to see more because it's so exciting to see different different things around the world. You're like, I know I've seen it before. I know I've seen these huge mountains before, but this mountain is so different than the one back home. Or you know, this mm-hmm. mountain is. I don't, but maybe they are the same, but maybe I just get excited about them. <laughs> For me, like I originally had plans of, right, all right, we're going to go around the world and take us four or five years. Now I kind of realize like, man, this might be 10 or 12 years. <laughs> endeavor. <laughs> and we might not get around the world, but um, yeah. we, we're working That's on this fine. scene as much as we can. Because you had a bit of a goal before, did you? I mean, you, you were going to head down Africa and then go to, I think, South America and then up to Alaska. Was, it, was that it? Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. Uh, we're doing Africa and then ship the bikes maybe to India or something and try to yeah. do Southeast Asia yeah, and then down through Australia, New Zealand, and then South America back up home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's still in the plan. It sits on our website and that's still in the back of our heads. But I don't think that's the priority anymore. Yeah. I think the priority is just to experience different things and continue to continue to do it. Yep. Exactly. Continue traveling. Yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like you're very driven for for destinations by by talking to you. I mean, <laughs> you guys, you guys sound like, and I'm not, not saying that you, you know you're just lazing around, but it, you seem very comfortable in spending yeah. a lot of time and experiencing things. Yes, yes, and that's yeah. changed from the start. Yes, it has for sure. I, for sure, I, it's not that I want to be that way necessarily, but we've become that way. Yeah, I still have plans like. We still want to get to North Cape and experience 24 hours of daylight. So my fingers are still crossed. We're setting up, uh, we're setting we'll up ourselves July. for success to hopefully make that work out. Those countries aren't open now, but we're going to slowly migrate our way up to Italy. We'll be in Italy next week. And then fingers crossed, we can get vaccinated there at a, at a military installation. And then um, continue north through Germany and Denmark. And then hopefully... Hopefully be in Norway by um, the end of June. So you have not been vaccinated yet at all? Well, no, no, nobody will vaccinate tourists yet. Yeah, <laughs> They're like, no way. We're going to take care of our people first. Well, and the, that's the sad thing about this region as well is um, yeah. they're, they're months, if not years behind the rest of Europe as far as vaccination goes. So what about when you're crossing borders? Are they not asking you to um, to isolate yourselves or anything like that? We've had to have two, um, not in the Balkans. The Balkans have actually been pretty good about that. Yeah. Um, but they have asked, we hit to get into Kosovo and to get into Bosnia Bosnia and Herzegovina. We, but we had to get a test prior to. We're taking a really quick break here. When we come back, we're going to hear some surprising facts about the trip. Um, just how they managed to keep traveling when so many others couldn't or wouldn't that and a whole bunch more coming up after the break. IMS Products makes a full line of ultra-tough, even stylish foot pegs designed specifically for adventure motorcyclists. All made with CAS-certified 17.4 stainless steel. They're made in the USA. They have a lifetime warranty, and it's IMS Products. They've been doing it since 1976. These pegs will give you the added leverage and connection that will get you the most out of your skills. IMSproducts.com is the website. Anytime you're dealing with them, throw in there. You heard them on Adventure Rider Radio. IMSproducts.com. 
I will assume that stories of motorcycle travel are appealing to you. So I want to give you a website to check out. It's RoadDogPub.com. Road, the road you ride on, dog is in a dog, and pub is the place you go to drink, dot com. The Road Dog Pub specializes in great motorcycle travel books. For instance, they've got Zoe Cano's books, including Hellbent for Paradise. She's got a bunch more. Jackie Ferno, Hit the Road, Jack. Shiny Side Up by Ron Davis. Graham Fields, In Search of Greener Grass. Asphalt and Dirt by Aaron Heinrich. And so many more great books available right from the publisher, RoadDogPub.com. You can also get these books at any quality bookstore, RoadDogPub.com. So it, it is limiting, like you were saying, it's, it's, it's sort of changed and COVID's limiting where you can go. How about for the, for the rest of the trip, like in the next year that you're seeing, is it going to be all about COVID at this point? Like as far as controlling where you're going? Um, oh. I hope not. Because right now our goal is to get up to North Cape. So we are on our way. So hopefully COVID does not slow us down. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just going with the sort of the blind faith that things are going to work out and, yeah. and, um, exactly. And you're going to get there and experience it like you want to. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I don't know. I really like the crazy thing is, Jim, I don't even know what the alternative would be. I guess the alternative for us would be to go back home, but we don't really have anything to go back home to. No. And that has happened to a lot of people. I think the difference between us and maybe some other travelers is we, we just lucked out. We lucked out by being in the Balkans and having those countries be fairly open to continue travel. Yep. Whereas many other countries, they got, they got locked down or they got stuck between two countries, yep. two countries that they've already experienced or they've already spent months in. Yep. And after months and months of being a lockdown, many of them were just like, this is, I'm just going to go back and see where this goes. So the difference for us is we've actually been able to go to a different place every day if we wanted to. Yeah. Mm, I think the longest we've stayed in one place is a week. Oh, wow. So just right place, right time, sort of just, uh, just happenstance, nothing, no, nothing of your planning that made this happen. Well, I mean, we, we kind of saw that the Balkans were a little more free when it came to that. So we we jumped on it. Well, let's just see, let's just see how things go. Mm Mm-hmm. And you were thinking out. of heading out, weren't you? That's right. I just remember that. You you said, I think you, were, you talked to Sam Manicom, who, who suggested. We did. we did. He said, if it was me, I'd stay in the Balkans. And that's what you did. So had you headed off, what would you, what would have happened? We probably well, would our, have bought we, 10 or 8, 700s and went around the United States. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I see some. I can hear somebody wanting a new motorcycle there. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't look, our other bikes can hear you. Don't, don't say that too loud. <laughs> <laughs> no, like there would have been other plans, but those would also have been expensive to actually leave motorcycles in one place and then start brand new. Of course, we would have had our gear and our stuff like that. So it wouldn't be totally new, but buying new bikes and or even them. used bikes or outfitting them and then going traveling, that, that's quite an expense, especially in our case where you can use that money and still go see a new place just a week away. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it is blind faith, and that's what we're going to go for. We're going to we're going to North Cape. <laughs> <laughs> is year. blind faith easy for you now? For me, it's easy. For me, it's easy, but for Travis, it's not as easy. Mm. Well, <laughs> Travis still has that it. navy in him, doesn't it? That, that planning, does. that that uh, <laughs> that yeah. uh, what do you, what do you call it? The scheduling, you know, it's it's got to happen. <laughs> yes. You plan it, and yes. you do it, and you get it done, and you sign it off. 
Yes, exactly. Right. Is <laughs> it, we also have a saying in the military and the Navy. It says, uh, if you plan too early, you plan often. <laughs> so, If you plan too early, you plan often? Yeah. So like uh, you'll plan over and over again. So if you just don't plan too early, mm. you just want to, you don't want to have to come up with all these different contingency plans. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. been a, it's been an interesting time to travel for sure. And I'm I, sure. I, I do. You did bring up a point last time where you said, do you feel bad that you're out there traveling and so many people are in lockdown? And um, I really know how to answer that question because I think it's somewhat, Maybe there's a bit of selfishness, but I know I don't feel bad because I feel like this is something we've worked really hard over the past decade to, to achieve. And here we are trying to live our dream. Mm -hmm. the, the, and, and I understand that, that thought process too. Then there's the other thought process of, of, you know, the, the good for everyone rather than the good for just us. Right. So, um, yeah working for everyone together. And, and I guess like, you know, I, I think of the businesses that have been shut down, uh, you know, and that people have been forced into bankruptcy or whatever all over this and, and the people that are continuing to go through financial hardship over this. And, and then I sort of, I can see the other side of it. So I, 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 get I think you. there is, I mean, I could understand some travel shaming. We haven't experienced it too much. There was just one, there was one post where uh, I was talking about the Balkans and uh, he was asking, he's like, well, aren't, aren't you guys locked down there? And uh, he was looking at it from a very UK perspective where the UK was very strict at that point mm -hmm. and everybody was locked down and none of them could travel without like a 2000 euro fine. Pound like fine. If they came back to their country after traveling non-essential travel, they'd be fine. And I think, I think it's easy to look at the world, look at your little piece of the world and think that's how it should be somewhere else. But the reality is it's, not. it's just not like that in the Balkans. Like things, things here are relatively free and kind of open. Mm -hmm. So that's another perspective again, you know, because, yeah. you know, we have certain Western values that we apply to Middle East countries, for instance, and yep. the Middle East countries may look at us and go, you are completely out to lunch here. Yeah. So it, it yeah. depends on perspective. You're in a, you're in an area where you're living like the people in the area are living so you're congruent with everyone else. It's not like you're sneaking through the back alleys and you're visiting these nope. places and, and visiting people and stuff totally on the skirt and you know spreading virus. You're not doing that. You're you're doing what the what these countries are doing that you're in. So, you know, I would definitely say that we are when we, when it comes to being in a country, we are definitely rule followers to a T. Like there's been no trying to sneak across borders and things like that. Um in fact, we're probably even more, we're probably even less inclined to get it than the locals because we don't go to nightclubs or restaurants and hang out with no masks and things like that. Like, mm -hmm. We're, even though it's the two of us and we do have interactions with people, it's on a kind of very limited, limited basis. Yeah. Well, there was the other article too. I think you said, um, uh, travel. It was maybe a, like a month and a half ago. You said, the. um, I mean, I'll have to bring it up, but it was basically discussing kind of, you mentioned traveling. I'll pull it up real quick. What? It's the, it was the raw one. Basically, it was called Moral Dilemma, Itching to Travel Again. Oh, yes. And um, so it, kind of similar to the other ideas, like, is it a moral dilemma? Because I feel like fundamentally, everybody, almost everybody, it's, it's universal, wants to travel. 
So, so is there like, is it a moral, I mean, is it a moral dilemma? I guess, cause like you said, like when you go and you, when you go on your motorcycle and for instance, you get in an accident, well then now you're taking, you're taking resources away from people that could be preventing someone from maybe dying of COVID. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying is, you know, in, in a slightly different context, because of course, in that on Raw, we were talking about um, going to places where women weren't treated equally and yeah, yeah. And, right. and trying to get the opinions um, of, of how people felt about that and, and whether they thought they should actually boycott these countries. And this is kind of reverse of what they're saying. And, and I think that sort of plays also back into just the average person at home in their day-to-day lives while we were going through COVID is should they be out riding? And that was a bit of a question at the start. You know, people were saying you should not be yeah. out riding. It's irresponsible. And there's a lot of argument that, that I think is solid for that. The question that it comes down to, I guess for, for you guys is, do you feel that it's irresponsible? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I've always felt like, for instance, like COVID, um, sure it's dangerous. I know that the numbers substantiate that the death rates, but, I also feel like the most dangerous thing we probably do is ride motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Personally, yep. that's how I feel. I feel that's more more dangerous to me than the possibility of dying from COVID. But even but I'm thinking of just what you said at the start there. What, what you know the the load that you will put on the system by becoming a victim of some sort of crash yeah. or some sort of mishap. Yeah, true. Or, you know yeah, that, that possibility true. is that a selfish thing to do? Even though you just said yourself, it's the most dangerous thing you do. Should you be doing yep. dangerous things in times of you know trouble? Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Yep. I don't know. All right, we gotta we gotta get rid of the bikes and just go. No way! <laughs> I mean, see, the alternative is so extreme, right? Yeah. You think about it, you're like, all right, well then, if we if you want to live in a world where you're not putting where you're not you're not putting any strain, the yeah. Then what? I mean, where are you? I guess we're we'd be back in Idaho, but they're not exactly on lockdown either. So no, people they're still, normal. People in still Idaho, ride, they're normal. People still ride motorcycles all over Idaho. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess it depends on where you live. Yeah. And for like, like you said, for us right now, where nobody looks at us, nobody looks at us weird. I think the only time we got kind of a weird look when, when we crossed the border in Macedonia. Yeah. And, um, Montenegro. Oh, sorry. Montenegro. Montenegro. Yeah, I was in Montenegro yeah. and, yeah. uh, we went to buy the insurance at the border and, uh, typically travelers will buy like the two week minimum. Yeah. Um, but we ended up coming back with three months and they're like, what are you doing? So he he held, he held our passports until we came back with the insurance because it's required. And then, uh, when we came back to show him the insurance, he goes, you see, he looked at the number like three months. Wait, what do you, then he literally asked like what in broken English, what, what is your plans? Why are you in our country for three months? I'm yeah. Like, oh, you want to experience and uh, experience your country and uh, enjoy it like we have previously. Any, there wasn't any rules against it per se. Like Americans were allowed to come to the country even without a test. Yeah. So, but you could kind of tell he was scratching his head to be like, "Why are they traveling right now?" Was he was he wondering why you would have the audacity to do something so crass? Or was he trying to grapple with his own thoughts on whether this is right or wrong? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Great question. 
Because there's a language barrier, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was clearly a red flag for him when we came back with three months of insurance. <laughs> but he was. He was, he did pause in his, his decision making. And he's like. And then you saw him talk to another person that spoke better English. And then that guy came and spoke to us. Yeah. And he says, where are you guys going? They're like, well, we have a, we, tonight we have an Airbnb on the coast and we'll be there for a couple of days. And then we're, our plan is to experience as much of the country as we can. And uh, he goes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah. he sort of, was that resignation that he can't do anything to stop you, but sort of still dismay? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think so. so. Yeah. There was no law. We, I mean, we're, there was no law against us coming to the country. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. even today, even today, Montenegro, you don't need to test. No, right? you don't. No. Nope. pass right through it. Yeah, we did. It's easy to cast yeah. our views on other parts of the world, other places, other people, isn't it? I mean, you know, it totally is. as you mentioned, when you're, when you're locked down in Greece, it's easy to look back home and say, hey, you know, you, you're not doing that correctly. And it's also easy for somebody to look at what you're doing and say, why are you still traveling around when, the, when this is going on? Um, yeah. But if you remove the motorcycle, if you said, okay, I'm not going to travel by motorcycle, we'll travel by car. Well, there's still a risk with that. There's still a problem with that. So if you remove that and then say, okay, well, let's just travel by foot. You've got issues with that. Let's go back home. There's even issues with going back home. Is it responsible to go home at this point? I mean, you can't go back in time. Airports. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, there's a lot of open questions there, I think. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I don't know. When you left the border at Montenegro, and dealing with that that official what did you feel we're like i don't know things might be different of traveling but i think we're gonna enjoy montenegro <laughs> we were so happy <laughs> yeah we were like border. selfish <laughs> tourists <laughs> <laughs> we made it in we made it so there because was no montenegro. guilt i was expecting you to say we felt guilty we thought about it we questioned whether we should be here or not no, we no. didn't want to offend people but no you're just a tourist <laughs> yes. No, because because Jim, like that was so we were just finishing up Croatia where we had ninety days and we spent eighty eight days in Croatia. Yeah, yeah. So we're at the point now where it's like if we don't get into Montenegro, then <laughs> the reverse no, we can't go anywhere else. So we're kind of no. we park the bikes in in Croatia and fly home no, because we, like, our visa would be expired. But right. so we are so, so we're super we're happy. In Montenegro, that's another ninety days. <laughs> so celebratory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then it's even better once we hit Albania. We're like, we just got another year. <laughs> Albania is a whole year for American citizens. Is that right? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So every country we pop into, we get so excited. Been, has been, all right, we can keep this ball rolling for <laughs> another three months at least. <laughs> Is there always the threat of you having to go back home? Like, I mean, because of these borders, I guess it is, isn't it? You, right now, you're still, yeah. still right still. now. Yeah. Your, your visas yeah. are running out and you're thinking if you can't go anywhere, you, can you not backtrack? No, you could. Yeah, we totally could. But that's part, I mean, that. yeah, we totally could backtrack. But after spending three months in Croatia, I, I feel we've like, seen quite I, a- I, feel, I feel like we've covered it. Yeah. Mm. So our, a wonderlust. It's basically saying, all right, what's around, what's around what's the river bend? Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, if you get pushed against a wall, push comes to shove and you're going to have to go home. Is it, is it go back or is it go home? Ah, see, I don't know. I think if we couldn't get vaccinated, it would be go home. You think? 
just yeah. so we can get vaccinated and come back and work. Yeah, exactly. And then just give it a little bit of time to settle, to brew, and then finally, then things would open up. But things are opening up. Greece, Greece opened up on the fifteenth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Italy is opening up. So those are both countries that you could easily spend. You could spend three months in Italy. I mean, in, in Greece alone. Yep. There's so many so islands. Those are open up. They want they want tourism right now. It's a big part of what they uh, they need for their community. Oh, so yeah. they, when you say open up, they're actually looking for tourists. Yes, absolutely, yes, yeah. absolutely. Greece's Greece's borders have been open since the 15th to yeah. all tourism. Wow. So uh, you can go to the museums. All that is all that is ready for people to accept. Yep. So those two countries are getting open. Portugal has already said that they're going to open their borders here shortly too. So. I think what's going to happen is we'll make our way up to Italy and then uh, Denmark has already announced too that they're going to start opening as well. So yep. those countries are going to start opening them up and then we'll just blink, blink, pop right in as, as, as we as can. Things open up. Yep. How about money wise? I mean, you know, you guys are, are living off of your, your retirement income and the money you've, you sold all your possessions before you left, as, as you told us before. Are, are you hanging in there money wise? Has it been good? Because uh, I, I know that's one of the things you said before was the slowdown actually was saving you money. Yeah. Well, Travis has been doing good with uh, the magazine. I've been writing been, for articles and that's been yeah, helpful. For Upshift. Right. And, so you're, uh, you're making money off of that. Yes. Yeah, a little bit. And our YouTube channel isn't growing as quick as I'd like, but um, it'll get there. So we'll, we'll keep persevering with that. It'd be nice if a little income would come in there. Because I know there are people out there that are, that are using YouTube and they're, they're selling t-shirts or selling merchandise and they're able to continue traveling. Mm-hmm. Is that the hope down the road? Yeah. Possibly. Or people are selling books or so maybe that's down the road. We'll just continue to see. But so far, at least in the Balkan region, um, we were able to stay on even plateau or maybe a little bit ahead. Did you start out with the plan of, of making it, uh, or making money on the road? With YouTube, yeah. We yeah. we eventually said eventually it'll um our savings will run out and so we need to have some type of backup to um yeah. encounter that. Yeah, the savings was like um exactly said, all right, we'll make it work for a year or two. But then after that, if we want to continue to do what we want to do, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to make money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And does that change the adventure for you at all? I mean having to write the stories or anything like that, does it change things for you or the the where you go and the way you approach things? I'm sure it does. Yeah, it yeah. does. I yeah. think even today, yeah, like we uh, we we were traveling through and uh, we saw an off road section and a beautiful hill hill. Yeah, and I said, well, let's uh, let's pull off the road here and let's. Uh, so we spent 30, 40 minutes just doing a photo shoot uh, on this beautiful area yeah. because I knew that these these photos would be uh, would possibly be useful for the magazine article. So there is there's a little bit of that. How are you preparing for Africa? Talking about planning. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh, that's so far away. Remember, I know, right? Remember, if you plan too early, <laughs> you plan often. <laughs> so, but I mean, let's face it, your, your trip up north is going to be a fairly straightforward trip. There's there's not a lot of hurdles Whoa, there. you just jinxed us, Jim. Oh, sorry. <laughs> should have said long, that. I never should have said that. Long way up to the forest to North Cape. Hey, you guys have no. had it pretty good so far, haven't you? I mean, other than you know a couple little mishaps. I mean, have you had any flat right. tires? 
No, no. You really no. haven't had any flat tires. You, all right. This, yeah. <laughs> this is going to do. <laughs> no, I think. Zero flat tires. I think about Africa, though. Is, my, we watched. I heard my tire just go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think about Africa, though, is we've been watching a lot of people that have traveled through Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim and Marissa, uh, No Tears, yep. amazing book they wrote. And then they started all these videos on Africa. And so, and then also um, on her bike and stuff, we've been watching a lot of the ones that are down there. So, any any information we do get about Africa, we've been we've been watching it and reading it. And because you're you're sort of looking to make the YouTube channel work and 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 working with Upshift Magazine, um, because you're 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 you have that mindset. Is is that where your 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 planning goes for Africa? Does that come into mind? You mean plan it to document it? Yeah. Like in other words, you're, you're watching yeah. these other videos that people are doing. Are, are you looking now at places yeah. that are, and that's what I'm sort of curious about as far as your travel goes. And when it becomes something of a business, does it adjust your route? Do you find yourself going places because, and, and you did mention stopping and, and doing that photo shoot, but do you find yourself going to places or planning to go routes because you know that it's going to be a little bit better for your YouTube channel or for photography? Well, we haven't yet. No, um, I don't, no, I don't really our, think so. Our mostly is the dots on our map. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have all these dots that we have to connect. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's connecting places that we want to see on this globe. Yeah. And if people want to see them too, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And if we can share that experience, great. Yeah. But it's not going to a place that we won't find interesting. It's still, it's still very much our journey. Yeah. And we'll put a link of, of course, your YouTube channel um, in the show notes, but what is the YouTube channel called? It's just Viajar Moto. It's a V-I-A-J-A-R Moto.com. You could, Everything, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is all Viajar Moto. Spanish, Spanish for travel. So at this point, you're, you're just going to keep on traveling and um, you're, you're looking at some years down the road before it's over. I mean, you're not, you're not planning on going home anytime soon. Nope. My son, my son's not married yet. So he, um, (laughs) how many grandkids? No grandkids yet. (laughs) Yes. This is Aaron, is it? Yes. Yeah. Right. And Harold, how old's Aaron? 22 or something? 22. Yeah. He's still in the States. Yes. He's, he's heading to college. So we get to talk to him probably three or four times a week though. Yeah. And you guys haven't been back then. You haven't flown back. We haven't yet. Any thoughts on that? It's been on our mind. I I think for me, once I saw things, how they were going in Europe and I realized like getting vaccinated is literally probably the only way that you can travel freely from border to border. Yeah. Or, you go to the border just prior to you find a place that does the uh, the COVID the PRC, testing, yeah. the PRC testing. You get the test, you get the swabs, you wait you for the results, pass the border. But many of those places, even though you come across the border with a negative results, you're still quarantining for 10 days. Yeah. And then you get another test. And then um, if that test is negative, then your quarantine is over after five days. That gets really expensive. It gets, it gets pricey, yeah. So. Yeah. We started realizing like the vaccination is the Willy Wonka golden ticket to free travel, at least in Europe for us. Yeah. So um, so we've been looking at tickets to go home, but then since we found this other option for Italy, maybe yeah. we'll see. We're putting a little bit of blind faith in that as well, because <laughs> technically Americans uh, are not allowed to cross into Italy right now. It's soon though. It should be soon, yeah, yeah. but very soon will they be open to American travelers. So yeah. a lot, a lot is changing. And yeah. every, every day we go to websites and look up where 
how each country is responding and if we can enter or if we can't enter. Yep. Does that get frustrating or is that just an exercise that you do? It's just the state of travel right now. Yep, it is. You just accept it and deal with it. Yep. Yeah. And deal with it. Yep. Just like I accept the uh, crazy Albanian drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you've really accepted them yet, Travis. You have, a, you have a bit to go on that, but but you're getting yeah. there. I like the progress I'm hearing. <laughs> Not to be your counselor. Yeah. Has there been a, a moment for each of you that that's really defined adventure travel for you? In other words, somebody you've met, something, some experience you've had that really defined what you see adventure travel is or what you see the whole experience that you're doing in your life right now is all about. It's funny you bring that up because I was joking today as we were, uh, we were just going through a Canyon and, uh, we got stuck behind a bunch of, uh, slow moving trucks, logging trucks, like six in a row. And I was like, ah, there's no sense fighting it. Let's just pull over and have lunch. So we, uh, we pulled over and had our typical lunch of Tuna, canned tuna <laughs> with uh, mayonnaise and uh, on crackers, right? <laughs> and I thought, this is adventure riding. We're literally eating lunch on the side of the road, eating tuna and crackers. <laughs> but in a beautiful view, because we were in the canyon where all the trees were just different colors, greens, and it was just gorgeous, water running by. <laughs> and what you're saying is is the simplicity in it, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you're, you're, it's a very simple meal. It's something that most people probably would go, I, I wouldn't want to eat that. But there's a simplicity <laughs> to it. That's what you're expressing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Or like we're extremely poor. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a perfect little meal. I mean, no, it's exactly. like just the simple things of uh, the travel. It's like choosing to be poor and being happy about it. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I like it. <laughs> or it's or it's fixing like the other thing is fixing your bike in exotic locations. That's adventure riding, right? <laughs> <That's> mm-hmm. <laughs> Chantil, how about you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just get I had to, I still pinch myself every day about riding. I went through that canyon. I mean, just the canyons I go through. Oh, there was a there is a story though the other day that we. We were just riding along this road and we looked at the GPS and we're like, this road ends. Um, let's just keep going and see where it ends, right? We'll stop at the end of this road. So we keep going and all of a sudden it turns into a tunnel. And right as soon as you come out of the tunnel, it's a ferry. And we're like, what? <laughs> so we jump on this ferry. We don't even know where it's take us. <laughs> we jump on this ferry and it's a pretty expensive ferry. It's, I think, 30, 30 euros, something like that. Yeah, it was like 30 euros per bike. And I was like, wait a second, before I pay it, Where's this ferry going? <laughs> I don't know where this ferry goes. I'm trying to explain to him. And he's like, no, no, just park your bike right here. And I was like, I'm not getting on the ferry until I know where it goes. But it was. And then he's like, no, it goes to the national park. And then I was like, all right, well, that sounds cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so you park your bikes, then walk on the ferry. No, we went on the ferry with the bikes, right? Oh, I see. And they took us, it was a two hour ferry ride. And they took us up this beautiful river um, with gorgeous canyons on both sides of it. Yeah. And we're like, is this real? And so then we get off and we go further up the mountain and there's just, there's rock cliffs that are just phenomenal. Like that weekend was amazing. Yeah. Just, just as beautiful as anything we've ever seen in the Alps. Yeah. But the beauty of this particular region is that there's almost nobody on it. You just get to enjoy the view for yourself and you're not sharing it with 50 RVs in, yeah, the, in the summer exactly. months, you know. Wow, that is a uh, that is a, a really the epitome of of travel, of adventure travel, is um, just going and, and exploring and finding what you find. I mean, I absolutely love that, Travis yeah. Chantil. Great to sit down and talk to you, and I, I'm I'm loving 
hearing your adventure. It's just great. We'll put the links to your YouTube channel uh, in in the show notes so people can go and check out what you're doing. Appreciate it. It's always a joy to talk to you, Jim. And uh, hopefully other people can gain some insight from uh, some of our our misadventures (laughs) during the COVID crisis. was Travis and Chantil Gill. We've got links to their Viharmoto YouTube channel in the show notes for this episode. Their website is viharmoto.com. And of course, that link is also in the show notes on our website for this episode. I just want to remind you that this episode has been brought to you by Green Chili Adventure Gear, greenchiliadv.com, Motobreeze Chain Oiler at motobreeze.com, and Best Rest Products at cyclepump.com. And we'd really appreciate it if anytime you're dealing with these companies, anytime, email or otherwise, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks, of course, to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much for being a part of this. Now, don't forget, we have another show called ARR Raw. It comes out once a month. You need to subscribe separately for that. And like Adventure Rider Radio, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. And if you haven't done it already, we would love to get a five-star review from you on iTunes or wherever it is you find your podcast. Now it's time to get out there and ride your bike if you can. My name's Jim Martin. Thank you very much for being a part of this. I'll talk to you next week. Hi, this is Bill Dragoo. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. 